Welcome to the podcast version of Police Science Doctor, the online resource bridging the gap between research and investigative practice. For police personnel who go the extra mile. For academics who want to connect better with investigative practitioners. On YouTube and on policesciencedoctor.com. Hello, good morning, good evening, good day, everyone. This is Suzanne Knabenikoll from Police Science Doctor with your weekly dose of police science in the form of snippets. These snippets are basically bits of information that I've extracted from recently published journal articles, peer-reviewed academic journal articles, with um, reporting on scientific studies in the fields of criminology, investigative psychology, policing, law enforcement, and police science. So because most of you, my dear practitioners, don't have access and or time to actually go and scroll through these and find something that's relevant to you, I do it for you. The whole purpose of Police Science Doctor is to bring research more to the practitioner and create a bridge and try and make it fun as well. So the three science snippets I wanted to talk to you about today, the first one is about gender stereotypes and violence. A study compared how female perpetrators of violence are seen compared to male perpetrators. It found a gender difference in acceptability of violence with male participants overall more likely to judge violence as acceptable and more likely to find violence for selfish reasons acceptable compared with women. When exploring perceived motivations for violence, male perpetrators were more likely to be perceived as acting due to being provoked, whereas female perpetrators were more likely to be perceived as losing control. So quite significant here. I think if you consider the makeup of a jury, for example, who make decisions. So if we've just seen that they found males find violence more acceptable, including for selfish reasons, um, which goes a little, which I find a little bit counterintuitive, but maybe that's because I'm a female. And uh, that's something obviously that can impact as well how statements are taken by male or female police officers. You know, when statements are taken about males or females perpetrating violence, how the person is then interviewed by the investigator, the detective, depending on which gender the detective is. And again, you know, like I said, the jury. Also, um, when it comes to the motivations, so males were seeing more as being acting violently because they were being provoked. I don't know if that sort of implies a sense of justification, whereas if females were being violent, they lost control. Um, it sort of falls into the old stereotype of women being hysterical when really they're being angry and assertive. And, um, you know, which is very acceptable behavior for males, not so much for females. So very interesting stuff here on gender differences and just perhaps think about how that comes into your work and where you stand on all of this. The second snippet for this week is about cognitive distortions and pedophilia. Cognitive distortions, which are false beliefs that excuse or even justify deviant behaviors in general and minimizing sexually offending behavior towards children or attributing sexual interest to children in particular, is significantly correlated with pedosexual preference. So pedophiles have a high um, occurrence of cognitive distortions. They might um, believe and say to themselves that the child wants to learn about sex, the child is sexually interested in me, you know, the child is asking for it. This, this kind of thing is a cognitive distortion. It's very common in sexual um, offenders, especially sexual pedophilic offenders. Um, and also attributing sexual interest to children was the best predictor of a pedosexual preference. So the belief that children want to have sex, the children that with that person, the belief that children want to learn about sex from that person 
is a cognitive distortion and is highly predictive of having a sexual interest in children. So that's perhaps something to explore when you're interviewing um, suspected sex offenders. And the last snippets for this week, snippet for this week is about suggestive questioning and accuracy of what comes from that. Asking suggest suggestive questions containing incorrect information. So a suggestive question means that you've already included something, you're suggesting something in the way you're asking it. Um, it can be quite subtle. Um, so asking suggestive questions containing incorrect information reduces the accuracy of adults' reports of single events in the context of questioning about episodic or repeated crimes such as family violence. So if you're interviewing an adult and they're talking about something that occurred over and over over a period of time, domestic abuse, fam you know, family abuse, sexual abuse, all kinds of stuff that happened more than once, if you're then questioning them about one of these specific events, but you're doing that in a suggestive way, which is really, really bad practice on part of the interviewer, the accuracy of what they come back with is reduced, has a highly massive impact. Um, so these were the science snippets for this week. I did tell you in my email to everyone that I send out on Tuesday. So you can get onto the free police science doctor email list and you can get these snippets emailed to you every Tuesday. I'll be sitting in your inbox with the links to the original research. And also you'll have the password to access a secret page on the police science doctor website, which is the read page. That's where all the previous 97 weeks worth of snippets are deposited as PDF files. You can download them all if you're on the list and um, you can get um, build yourself up library if you want. Um, so in the email, I was talking about the new um, European An Crime Analysts um, Association or Society that is being launched early next month. Um, so hopefully I'll see you all at that free launch. It's a Zoom event. It's going to be online, accessible to everyone. And um, look out for that email. And if you're not already on the list, get on it now, policesciencedoctor.com. Just Google police science and I'll, my, my website will come up and then you can just click on that and enter your details into the form that pops up or that's at the bottom of every page. And I hope to see you in the community soon. And I wish you a very good week. Until next time. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. I hope you found this content useful. You can get access to each episode's transcript with key learning points, timestamps, and references if you get yourself onto my mailing list. Just go to the main website on policesciencedoctor.com and on the bottom of each page you will find a sign-up form for notifications of new content. Just enter your first name, your preferred email address, and the type of organization you work for. You will not get any spam. This is just for me to let you know about new content and for you to get access to all the transcripts. Thank you.